ready. Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series. Welcome back to the audio podcast or the video series. But before we get started today, I just want to do a shout out to my sponsors. Lighthouse Financial Services are a leading provider for financial solutions for business owners and property investors. If you need help in your accounting for your property, in your mortgage and mortgage tips and how to get the best out of the current situations of the banks, Lighthouse Financial are the companies go to. I'm a current customer, then I can tell you this team is amazing and they will give you everything you want and give you those answers you so desperately need that the banks and the institutions will not give to you. So if you, this is something that you're interested in, you can find them at lighthousefinancial.co.nz. But today I'm pretty pumped to have Jeff Lopez on my show, the founder of Kumaru Wear and True Blue Homes. And not just that, his story is amazing, what he's created, the businesses, the success and everything else. But fundamentally, what's closest to me is that he's an entrepreneur dad coach. So he's someone that started a program and looking at ways of how to improve dad's lives that are very busy in their life, trying to start companies and just finding the right time to make success on the one side, but have importance in family on the other side. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lawrence, man. Uh, Pleasure to be here, brother. Pleasure to be here. We could talk for hours and hours, which we have before and after the show, but uh, (laughs) excited about today, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm totally excited. You know, Jeff, before we go into the, there's something really, um, you know, close to, you know, it'll be close to yourself and something that I really want to get into is about the story of yourself and your family and uh, and sort of a, a, a challenge you guys went through in sort of 2008 with your son and the birth and, um, and that. But before we go down that path, I just want to give the listeners and the watchers at the moment a bit of insight about who you are and your life before that moment and the businesses that you built. And then we'll get into sort of the the family situation and the focus of dads at the moment. Yeah, I've been uh, born and raised in Toronto, Canada. So a proud mm-hmm. Canadian here. And uh, God, I've always had that entrepreneurial juices, man. Even as a kid, I always wanted to hustle to try to find a way to to make a buck or do something. I mean, I, when I was 12 years old, I was really into sports cars. And it's funny because full churn, I'm selling sports cars again as a little side business. Mm-hmm. And my dad would drop me off at a at a sports car show at a, like on a on a Saturday, and I was like 12, 13, and four hours later he'd pick me up, and somehow I would buy, sell, hustle, and come up with 100, 150 bucks in my pocket, and that was my spending mm-hmm. money for the week. And so I've always had that drive, that hustle. And when I was seventeen, I started my first company. I actually had six of my high school buddies all working for me, and then from there on, it just spiraled. And at nineteen, I was in college. I started my official corporation, mm-hmm. and and. God, almost 26 years later, I'm, I'm still kicking at it, man. I've never, I, I can honestly say since I was 19, I've never really worked for nobody ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's been this incredible journey, but it's been a lot of, like all entrepreneurs, a lot of wins, yep. a lot of losses. You're trying to stack more wins and losses along the way, but it's been just an incredible journey where I've had event companies. I've owned two gyms. Um, I, 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 I've ventured into so many different uh, sports memorabilia business. It's been so many different ventures and then in 2006 i started kimura where where it's a uh boxing martial art brand and i and i took kind of that leap when the ufc was just about to take mm-hmm. off i jumped on the bandwagon and and 15 plus years later the company's probably or we're, we're i would like to say the biggest boxing martial art equipment brand in canada and we sell right across north america to about 1800 gyms so that brand has always done well and it's been kind of my bread and butter to build all the other ventures i've done so that's where me in a nutshell as a business 
And uh, as a dad, I mean, I got two amazing kids. My son's 13, my daughter's 15, and uh, I've been married for uh, just past 18 years. So life is life is is interesting, busy, but wonderful. You know, that's amazing, um, to, Jeff, to hear that the story. And, you know, you find from a lot of people, if you just heard what Jeff said, there, you know, from the age of, I think, what he said, 19, you haven't worked for anyone else. And then without, you know, giving away your age, you said you spent, you know, you spent 15, 20 plus years in, in that in that area at the moment and achieving the level of success where you are now. One of the biggest things I see in, you know, a biz, successful business owners, Jeff, and big entrepreneurs has been in it is they've put their time in, they've done the hard work, they've done the grind and they've done the focus from a certain point. Not, not doesn't mean from 18, 19, you know, but it could have been from 25 or from 35 yeah. from that realization. And then we see society sort of uh, turn around and go, oh, great. How can I do that? Can I, Jeff, can I, can I be as successful as what you are at the moment? And you go, yeah, just take 20 years that I just did and do the exact same thing. There, right? There's, there's nothing, there's nothing. You always hear that overnight success. That's all bullshit. Yeah. There's no such mm -hmm. thing as overnight success. Every big actor has put their time in. Every big mm -hmm. musician has put their time in. Every big athlete has is, is been on the court or been on the baseball diamond or on the ice yep. putting the reps in. It's 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 that constant grind. It's this, it, the most successful people, they're, they all have one thing in common. They do the work when no one's watching. Yep. And that's yep. all it is, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's so true. I was actually having a, a chat to my brother-in-law on the weekend, and we're talking about, funny enough, we're talking about um, Kevin Hart and uh, Bert Kreischer, two comedians that uh, I love myself, and I've seen them both live. And I was having a chat to him, and I was like, do you know that like Kevin Hart did something like 15 years stand-up before he even made it yeah. as semi-successful, yeah. right? There's movies of over 10 years ago where he was like a C-grade extra in the background that you could see for 10 seconds, and you watch it now, and you're like, how is that possible? He's so famous now. Bert Kreischer was the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, he's, al he's always been as loony and crazy as he has been, but he's only really made a mainstream since he released his Netflix special, The Machine, yeah. because of the ridiculous story of him and the is it him and the Russian mafia or the mob or whatever. Only that craziness made him famous, but he'd been doing it for so long. And it's something a lot of people out there, like you said, overnight success. I want it you know, today. It just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. I mean, you do get some, I do believe sometimes you're in the right spot at the right moment. Yep. And, and that allows you to possibly speed up the process of, mm -hmm. of your journey. But if you're not prepared for that moment, yep. it passes. And I think that's the biggest thing is always people that put in the work and that have, that are prepared when the moment arises that they can take advantage of that moment because there's a lot of times opportunity comes to people and they're not ready and that opportunity passes and they don't get that chance again. So it's being able to put in the reps to be prepared for that moment. So when it does arise, you are ready mm -hmm. for that moment. Right. And whether it comes sooner or later, I do believe everybody's chance eventually does come. You just have to put in the work. Totally. I mean, even if you look at the, I'm a semi fan, I'm not going to say big, but if you look at the, um, uh, Jake and Logan Paul at the moment, right? They must be top five in most countries on social media of success, right? Yeah. If you ever look, sorry to interrupt the current show, but just to let you know, if you're enjoying what you see, make sure you hit the subscribe and like button. So next time another episode comes out, you'll be able to see it first. Back to the show. Whether you agree with it or not, that's a different thing. But even if you look at them, right? They've been going, they got their success young as teenagers on TV, but 
how many years has that been since? They haven't been famous from you know two years ago to now, and now they're leading in. And and I think a lot of the young fans are seeing that, and it's it's problematic. They look like, oh, cool, look, look how famous and how successful they are just in the last couple of years. And it's like, well, not really. Um, my daughter to my daughter has started to do on online gaming, right? YouTube gaming and so forth. So I set it up with most of my equipment and um, and my son and they they follow um, a, a gamer called Unspeakable. His name is known as Unspeakable Gaming and he does all the the Minecraft and all the videos and everything else. And they're like, well, I want to be as famous like him, right? He's just got famous in the last couple of years. And I went online and showed him. I'm like, look, here he is over 10 years ago with some of his first videos He's been doing this for 10 years straight, only now sort of going up and hitting that mainstream. So by all means, I'm not going to say you can't do it. Yes, let's get in and do it. But don't expect next week or next month for you to be on the front page of YouTube as being a famous um, gamer, right? Yeah, you you, you always hear those stories, Lawrence. It's even like Gary Vee when when YouTube first started and he was doing Mm -hmm. his wine reviews. Wine library. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and you and, and and you could actually go back and find these, and it's it is is insane that, I mean, this guy was nobody even knew what YouTube was, and he was yep. taking it, to, trying to jump on there and getting three views or two views, and there were probably family watching, his mom and dad, right, and <laughs> and look at and look at what he's done and what he's built. Where, when I see something like Gary Vee, I'm um, do I agree with everything he says? No. Um, there's certain things he says I don't agree with, and that's just natural. And no one's going to ever be 100% behind somebody. But I do look at and I love how authentic he is. Yeah. And I love seeing other entrepreneurs that I'm like, wow, this guy's really successful. When they're around Gary V's presence, mm-hmm. it's like they're little kids in a candy store. Mm-hmm. So he's built this aura around him where people understand how much knowledge he's built and they all want to yeah. suck that knowledge out of him right so it's just incredible and it's and it's once again this guy's been doing it for how many years yep right yeah one yeah one library was one of like i said he was the first e-commerce or if you could call it that at that stage and uh yeah. you know the, one of the first big companies running ads in google and the success from it and it's so trees border tribe i'm a big fan uh, i've always been a big fan of his um Lately, been a little bit of, of edge. Um, there's a few things he's been doing that I think a lot of people are noticing that um, he's still providing guidance, but in other areas, he's been a bit more, hey, let's N- do this to NFT, make money. NFT. Yeah, NFT, NFT right? NFT. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to mention it. I didn't want to mention the NFT. Yeah, let's do NFTs. Come and support it and then dump it, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, drive it well, up. That's, 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 yeah, that's all it's been for the last couple of months. But I mean, he has a, yeah. he has a goal. And 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 I I do understand where Gary Vee is coming from because mm-hmm. I do see him giving back a lot. So yep. I think he he really does believe. I don't believe in NFTs. I think it's it's it's, it's a hype it's thing right now. But he does he believes that NFTs is the future, and he's trying to impact as many people along the way to financially gain with him. So if if it is if he is a hundred percent, but he is if he's a hundred percent true. And he does get NFTs to where it should be. Those people are all investing with him. will financially make good money. So I, I do see the long haul of it. I don't understand NFTs. I don't understand people overpaying for a, a something that you could go online and look at and see. It's, it's never actually yours. Yeah. And I know this whole script and numbers. I just, I don't get that whole concept, man. I, I mean, I, 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 that's why I like sport cards. Because it's <laughs> graded. It's yours. I can hold it in my hand. It's physically yeah. there. I own it. It's different from a, like a picture of you, and I'm like, okay, I got a picture on my computer of, of Lawrence, and cross my fingers <laughs> that one day. 
for a million dollars, right? Oh, God. Uh, you, yeah. you, better, you better give me a good fucking smile for a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, um, that's funny enough. Uh, one of the episodes I just recently did as well, yeah, we got into a bit of a, a, side, a side discussion around NFT just because, look, uh, whether it's – it's going to definitely become part of the future and so forth. I don't, but where I've got an issue with and why I want to look at it and support it, no matter what, even if I've got close friends doing it, is 10% of it's legitimate and the technology is there. 90% of it is guys that are spiking it and dumping it. So it's social media going, hey, look what I did. I just made 100 grand today and, and a yeah. spike and dump. And, and I'm totally against that because people – that are trying and are desperate and might go out, might go and put their money there to to hope for it, to help their lives in this situation. And to me, that's, that's so worse because the world can almost be worse off with people thinking that they can maybe turn their lives around by something as idiotic as NFT. But yeah, that's just my thought. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent on board with, with your thought process. It's just, it's just, I've never been the type and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to cringe their teeth. I've never been the type to believe in stocks or bonds or, or in Canada, we have mutual funds and RS, RSP. Like I've never invested in that stuff yep. from day one. The minute I was able to financially make enough money from my business, the first thing I did was real estate yep. and real estate. And we talked about that. I, I, mm-hmm. And we're up to officially now I'm, I have one for sale. I got 10 properties under my name and that's all within a eight to nine year window. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and it's been a situation where it's like to me I, I like hard assets. I want to be able to grab this phone and, and this is mine. I could touch it, I could feel it. I know it's there. I know that if if, if I've taken the trust in the, to invest in it and and mm-hmm. and and I have that long run to understand when it's going up and down in value. To, doing something like that or a stock or bond and you're playing on somebody else's, I, I I I've never I've never been a fan of it. And I know people have made millions and billions off it. I just never been a fan of it. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I love real estate. Um, I invest myself and and have a decent size portfolio. I do go into the shares net, but it's not a, it's not a cornerstone across my thing. Yeah, um, I, I, it's a it's a single block in my building of of yeah. wealth, right? Uh, each yeah. little piece, one of those. The reasons why I go into it, it just I like having a few different options out there, and it's a little bit different and new and learning and so forth, right? Yeah. and yeah. it's further education. But fundamentals, uh, same thing. My foundation is fully built on real estate investment um yeah. and so forth and all the rest um but one of the biggest things jeff I, w- I wanted to get across today and as always we say we'll talk about business and success for hours both of us is but i wanted to talk i wanted to talk about you know your family and the situation that you find yourself in and how that has led to where you are now today sort of helping other dads and people that are looking to uh, find more time in their lives as well, but also about the struggles that you've gone through. I, 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 don't, want, I don't want to use the word struggles because it always has a negative um, thought pattern about with your with your son that's doing amazing and his inspiration and I, it's not his struggles. I call I call it challenges. Challenges. I know you. I know you got a big support for a wo- for that word actually. Um, challenges. Um, yeah. So t- t- talk me through um, sort of two thousand and eight um you know the birth of of your boy and that whole situation where we find ourselves today yeah 2008 um i was a typical entrepreneur i was working crazy hours i would mm-hmm. i had my daughter was about a year and a half old i was married for a little over three years but i was never home i was i was traveling i was crazily busy with work i was i was trying to build these massive corporations and it was all about just growth 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 and it was a, a friday afternoon my um 
just give you a little understanding. My, my Friday afternoon, my wife was 32 weeks pregnant. She got rushed to the hospital mm -hmm. and, and life just changed. It was one of those aha moments in your life where you, you see other people going through things. You never think you're going to go through it. Mm -hmm. And it was Friday afternoon. She got rushed to the hospital and within a couple hours, we were standing at the hospital, not knowing if my wife and my newborn son were going to make it. Uh, they pulled me into a room and there's so many stories in between it, but they pulled me into a room and they said, your son's probably got about five, 10 minutes left of life. Do you have a name for him? I didn't even have a name for him. And the first name that came to my head was Tiago, which means God's warrior. And I'm not even a religious person. I don't even know where I got that name. And, um, and that wasn't going to be his actual name to me. And my mm -hmm. wife had talked about, he was supposed to be called Ethan. <laughs> Go figure that out. <laughs> And uh, and I put Tiago on the birth certificate, and that's when his journey started. Uh, he, my wife was in surgery, so my son was being rushed to. We are very lucky in Toronto, Canada. We have one of the greatest pediatric hospitals in the world mm -hmm. called Sick Kids Hospital. But Sick Kids that night was full; they didn't have one bed open, so they were going to drive him to a hospital an hour and a half away. And in that process, the doctor looked at us saying, "He's not going to make the drive." Mm -hmm. And as they were driving to our fortune, to another family's misfortune, another baby had sick kids passed and the been a bed opened mm -hmm. and they reversed and drove to sick kids. And that's when his journey started for the next four months to speed up the process. We almost lost my son three, four times. Uh, the doctors had pulled us in a room three, four times to saying that um, it's time to stop working on him. And I kept saying no, and I kept pushing mm -hmm. for it. And I kept pushing and I kept having faith. And, um, and uh, man, he went through so, so much. And, uh, after the four month period, I looked at a doc and I said, like, it's, it's time for him to come home. And the doc's like, he's not, we can't, we can't discharge him. He was only four and a half pounds. They, they said, we don't discharge a baby to at least five pounds. Yeah. Uh, he was on feeding tube still never swallowed in his life. And we took it upon us to take him home. And we, we kind of forced the doctor's hands to um, allow us to take him home. I said, listen, I go, we want to prove we could take him home. They gave us a room. He was on the fourth floor in the mm -hmm. ICU. They took they gave us a room on the sixth floor and they gave us for two days. And they said, listen, if you could take care of him without a doctor for two days, we'll discharge you. And for two days, we stayed there with him and and, and we we did everything we had to do to uh, convince the doctor to discharge him. When he was discharged, they had to give him a discharge paper. And on the diagnosis, they diagnosed him with CP, several palsy. And they said, most likely with all the brain damage, he would be confined to a wheelchair. And um, I remember he came home and, and that in the night, and, and the next morning I looked at my wife and I said, like, my biggest fear is, is waking up at 56 years old and looking at my son and thinking I didn't give him every opportunity to, mm -hmm. to give him the best opportunity to succeed in his life. And that was essentially where my journey started. And fast forward, he's 13 now, but fast forward to 12 years, uh, we went from possible wheelchair to AFO's braces. He had braces up mm -hmm. to his knees. And, and, and we set a goals and I would set all these massive goals and put these papers in his bedroom on the walls. And, and one of the goals was to run a marathon yep. and, uh, by his 12th birthday, um, he was out of his braces and we always set a goal be before he turned 13, when he went on a marathon, he turned 13, April, uh, 19th of 2021, April 18th, we ran a marathon together, 5k marathon together. And we have so many more, and it's been, it's, it's, it's an incredible journey where I've learned how to balance my life. And I know that's one thing with Gary V. He said, there's no such thing as balance between fat. No, that's bullshit. You could have a balance. Yeah. You could see it on both sides. It's understanding how to create that balance. And I call it my non-negotiables. I lock in my non-negotiables into my schedule every single month. 
And my non-negotiables are my three to seven. I try to be home from three to seven with my family every day. I understand the importance of looking at my children and understanding before the age 18, I have a certain amount of time I got to spend with them. Because mm -hmm. once you turn 18, 19 by statistic, that's you've lost pretty much a ton of the face time you're going to have with them. So understanding that my son, the first 14 years of his life was so critical that I had to do everything I possibly can to give him the best advantage. And I did that. I, I literally spent hours and hours and hours. We would do therapy with him, stretching his mm -hmm. legs, working out. He's become my workout partner. At 13 yep. years old, we work out every day together. And it's been just an incredible journey where I've learned how to be a dad. And, and that's yep. the easiest way to explain it. Like I, I had a great mentor in my father, but I never realized it till I was at a certain age where I had mm -hmm. to reverse the role and take that that lead. And now I've learned how to, to be present, how to understand how to be present, I understand how to the yes factor. When my kids ask me to do something that's time consuming, it's yes. I don't give a shit about anything else. If my kids yeah. were to call me now, I'd be like, later, James, I'll be, I mean, later, Lawrence, I apologize, James. Later, Lawrence, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be talking after. It's a situation where it's like understanding what is important in life and how to really mm -hmm. hone that in. And, and, and understanding that, I mean, don't get me wrong, business is important. I still want to succeed in business. I want everything. It's figuring out if, if, if I have a certain project I got to do, a new venture I'm doing, I'll figure out a way to sacrifice myself. Yep. I'll figure out how, like I'm up at 4.30 every morning, not because I like waking up. I don't, I'm not one of those aha yoga morning guys. I'm, I'm up at 4.30 because I try to understand between 4.30 to 9 o'clock. I get more work done in that time period than most people get their whole day. Yep. And understanding that allows me to have that comfort to come home and spend the time with my family and not stress out about work. And, and understanding too, that there's different peaks in life, different cycles. Everybody goes through different cycles in life. And there's, when you're going through that cycle in life, you have to just prioritize what is important. And sometimes you have to remove people out of your life. Sometimes you got to remove things out of your life business-wise that are not going to give you the most benefit at that moment. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to be cut out for the rest of your life, but at that moment, you might have to put them aside. And understanding that and, and feeling comfortable with that is very, very, very important. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, with that um, Jeff. Uh, and I can't imagine, you know, with what you would have gone through for the, those first few days, first few months with your boy and 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 that realization and going through. But, it's, you know, he's there he's he's with you now and all that hard work and everything else. One thing, and to anyone that's watching or listening at the moment, by all means, go over to Jeff's social media, and you can see um, Tiago and um, going out there doing the runs, and I think it was uh, throwing some baseballs uh, just a couple of a couple of months ago or something like that. It was, it's, it was quite amazing to see that, you know. But what was I can imagine? Not just that it's hard on yourself and on him as you're going through it. Is how did you keep the? Uh, and uh, I'm going I'm to say keep it as, as if it was always good, but. How did you keep the mental health, yourself, your wife, uh, you know, Tiago, your daughter, how did you keep that all in sync over the years coming up to this point at the moment? Because there's, there's so many parents out there at the moment that I, that I know that have kids. Uh, we live in a modern time, and therefore we've got a lot more kids that are on the spectrum. Or we've got a lot more kids that yeah. are clearly diagnosed because we didn't know what it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. And, and they sometimes struggle to go, Yes, now I know what's wrong with my kid and what I need to do, but how do I keep the ball rolling? How do I keep myself still pushing it through that I get through to tomorrow and I get through to tomorrow and 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 keep that motivation so that all of us as a family in this situation can at least get through and stay, you know, above water. 
Yeah, there's different stages to that, Lawrence. I mean, when we were in the hospital, and I'm just going to be as, as transparent mm -hmm. as possible. When we we're in the hospital those four months, mm -hmm. I would get home with my wife. I would get home. We'd pick up my daughter. We'd drive my daughter to daycare in the morning, hit the hospital. We were at the hospital seven days a week. We'd be at the hospital from usually 7.30 till 6, 5, 6 at night, mm -hmm. pick up my daughter, come home. And my my energy was so consumed of learning and studying what my son had. I would come home and spend two, three hours studying everything the doctors did. So the next morning I would sit on the round table. It would be, he had seven organs that were um, damaged at the moment. And he would have one department for each organ. And we would sit at a round table and figure out what the plan was for the day. And I would be part of that. I made my mm -hmm. sure that I was part of that every morning. I made sure the doctors understood that I had to be part of that. Yeah. Anytime he would get even blood work done, doesn't matter three in the morning, they would call me for permission. I would, I had full control over what was happening with my son in that regard. So those four months was a different cycle. So when I would get home, be honest, I didn't have the energy to deal with my wife. I didn't have the energy to deal with anybody else. We shut off our answering service. We shut off the world. I would come yeah. home. I would study for two, three hours. I would take my dog and he was my therapy. My dog that is no longer with us now, Milo. And I would be gone for him with him for two, three hours a night. Mm -hmm. And that was my therapy. So everybody goes through different stages. But as a parent, you have to take every challenge as an opportunity to grow. Yeah. And take every single win as a, such a massive victory because like my son for example him hopping on one foot that took three and a half months mm -hmm. every day two three hours of grinding this for him to hop on one foot the first time yep. now he's like flying but being able to do that if i were to have that mindset where this is not going to happen this is not going to happen after one week after two weeks it's so easy to give up on life it's so easy to mm -hmm. give up on stuff it's just human nature to be like i i can't do this anymore but you have to understand that that put in the work, put in the reps, it's going to eventually happen. And when it does happen, that victory makes everything else. You forget about all that work and you start yeah. focusing on those victories. And then you do another one and another victory. So you have to take every small victory and mm -hmm. really escalate and celebrate them. So, I mean, like you said, there's so many children now on different spectrums from autism to other stuff like that. And understanding that when you set these little goals as a family together together mm -hmm. and you accomplish them it just makes everything really really uh, just flow so much better i think uh, i think people really focus on challenges and they're like oh my, my my son's got a challenge and 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 why this happened to me they think of such a negative part of it they don't think of the positive part of it i look at my son where his brain was so damaged when he was born his brain built new highways and they really rebuilt himself. He's not naturally a right hand. He was naturally right-handed, but mm -hmm. because his right side of his body when he was born was so severely damaged that he had very little motion. Now he's balanced. He started learning how to do everything with his left hand. And I was like, I got a little lefty pitcher here. <laughs> and I focused on that. I took the positive of that and I turned him into yep. a pitcher. And this kid's hitting fit at 13 years old, he hit 56, 57 miles an hour as a lefty pitcher with dart accuracy. Yep. So I've I've taken as many positives and really, really focused on those. And I think that that's what our parents have to do is really focus on the positives and stop playing a victim. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have that victim mentality. It was like, why does this happen to me? Why am I going through this? Why do I have these challenges? It, it, it's life. 
deal with it. Everybody has problems. Everybody has a story to make you cry. That's how I always try. Everybody has a story to make you cry, Lawrence. And my mind is you got to take your story and make it as positive as you possibly can. Because life is not a week to, it's a journey, man. You mm-hmm. have to look at the long haul journey and, and over that journey, how many wins you're going to have over that process. Uh, it's true, right? You know, there, there's so much, there's so many issues. I mean, I've got my stories, uh, heaps of people around, we've got their stories. And it, and it is so true what you're saying is if we don't take, if we don't see the right side of it, we're always going to be seeing the wrong side. 100%. And being, uh, and and by seeing the wrong side, we're going to be seeing the dark side and that. Don't get me wrong. That's part of that journey. So what, what I'm saying and what Jeff's saying as well is if you've got a situation and you find it, we're not saying, hey, just walk away and think positive and all the rest of it, no. uh, you know, as easy as flicking of, uh, you know, your fingers together, but move towards that direction of um, of seeing that and, and, and accepting that and working towards that so that when you look back, you can go, yes, that was there, that was dark, that was a challenge, but now, you know, sort of we're ahead and we can smile about it and we can embrace um, the situation we find ourselves in, uh, and that's a lot, you know, and that's and it's a lot of what I have to do in my situation is the same as what Jeff's doing with himself and his family. I, I think a lot of it has to do with even just, it's like everything. Like I look at everything in life, Lawrence, as is it's almost like a business. I have a business. I got to set a business plan. In life, when I looked at my son, I set a plan for him, and I said, mm-hmm. "Listen, the first plan is." We're going to balance. The next plan is we're going to hop on one foot. The next plan is we're going to start jogging. The next plan is there is a plan and process. There's a process to everything he did. Yeah. If, if you have a son or a daughter that has challenges, you have to have a plan. You have a marriage that is broken. You need to have a plan and, and a mm-hmm. process to make that better. If you just think things are just going to magically work their way out or you're going to put yourself in everybody else's hands to make them work out a dog, you have to put in the work. You have to have that plan, that process in place to get to mm-hmm. where you want and set those little goals. I mean, it could be something simple like your child. When, when my daughter, my Tiago was six months old and, and, and my daughter dropped something on the kitchen floor and Tiago's laughed for the first time. That was the biggest celebration we had. Yeah. Because there was different reactions, a different moment, a different emotion from him that we never saw. And that was a huge victory because we were trying to push for that. So, Everything you have to take every little moment as just massive wins, and then just keep growing and building on them. Because, man, it's so easy with, with for us to be the victim. And I talked about this before, Lawrence, on a couple of podcasts. Is we are in a society that I honestly believe that social media really allows victims to be almost heroes. Because they, they, if somebody puts a sad story on, you get mm-hmm. all these. Don't worry, life's you get all these comments, and then somebody yeah. puts this positive. I got a job, you'll get one comment. Hey, good for yeah. you. It's 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 I think people really relate and they and they almost feel that that comfort of I'm gonna really console that person that's that's going through the victim. So people tend to understand that and be like, if I play the victim card, I'm gonna get more more attention. Correct. And and I think that's such a negative thing with social media. Yeah, it's chasing the dopamine hit that social media has brought into our lives compared to 20 years ago when it didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. The, the comment, the like, um, that literally that single dopamine hit, and it's, it's so true. Um, the the negative gets more engagement than the positive, and therefore the person that's in the struggle goes, well, if I stay in the struggle, I have more people theoretically caring yeah. about me yeah. Yeah. then if i come out and be positive yeah and that's and that's that's a societal issue and that's a challenge and a big thing as well i mean like 
I have with my daughter at the moment, you know, she just turned 13 in the last week and um, um, already, you know, she's like changing as a person. But she's like comes to me every day, goes, oh, I learned this today and I saw this today. And, and I'm like, well, you know, she, she said at the age that just consumes everything and still so um, so honest and so full of belief and, and magic and all the rest of it because that's the way we raised her. She turns around and goes, oh, did you know this? And did you know that? And it's like, you got to go understand not everything that's out there is the way you think it is. Um, I want to store in store into you as well that if you see it, you got to also want it to be to question it and look at it. And, uh, you know, if it's so drastic and so unreal and coming to me, and go, oh, do you know this happened in this country and this stuff? I'm like, come to me with information if you want to make me make a statement and see if you can catch your dad out. And I've said that a few times. If you want to come and, you know, and find that sort of stuff, get further information that you can validate and then come to go, hey, dad, I know this, which I don't think you know, and this is how I can show it. And I'm trying to do that because I'm hoping that as they grow up, even and my son will do the same when he's um, old enough as well, is that, so that they don't get consumed into this the social media world that's just going to feed them that that the wrong image and the wrong view. And then we've got a, a bigger issue that we're going to have in 10 years' time. We're going to have 25 and 35-year-olds that have no understanding of how to socially interact. And we've got a, a different dilemma. I, um, I don't, I don't, I, I think this is already happening, buddy. Yeah. Oh, that's a hundred percent already happening. Yeah. We live in a society where everybody, I, I'm a strong believer in Canada. Now mm-hmm. we live in a society where this young generation coming up from 18 to, I would say 25 to 30 mm-hmm. is they feel like everything is due to them. Yeah. Everything should be given to them. It's like they 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 want everything on a silver platter because their parents had babied them from day one. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally opposite that. Yeah. I've been I'm what you're saying is I'm I'm the opposite. I've raised my kids from day one saying, hey, this right here is bullshit. Don't mm-hmm. believe it. Like I've from day one, I've I've been as open and as real with my kids. Yep. And and I've and I've put in their heads to understand that you have to question things. The greatest gift we have is being able to ask questions and learn yeah. and, and develop and grow. And I think a lot of parents baby their children where they're always comforting, babying them and protecting them. And they don't let them out to the real world. And the minute they get into the real world, they're like, whoa, what the F in hell is happening? Yeah. And, and, and my mindset from day one, it was always, no, I'm, I'm going to teach my kids. This is what's going to, I used to look at my son when he was five, six years old. And he'd be wearing his braces, and I, and and he would come home, and I'm and he'd be like, oh, I go, how was your day? And he would look to me, he goes, oh, it was okay, dad. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, all oh, these kids were looking at me, but they didn't say nothing, dad. It was okay. And I'm like, no, they're looking at you because they see you different. And I go, if you're uncomfortable with that, it is okay to be uncomfortable with that. But it's your mind that's going to change that. If you are uncomfortable with something, you have to do what is necessary to get yourself into a better situation. So I was always in that mind where. I'm, I would be honest with them and I would push them. And I mean, my kids, I talked, I think we talked about this. My kids are 13 to 15. They cook, clean, do laundry. It's I've teach them from day one life lessons and, and, yeah. and life, life isn't easy, man. Life mm-hmm. isn't easy. There's a lots of ups and downs. You have to be prepared for this. And, and my mind is as a parent, it's our obligation to teach our kids to understand fear, to teach our kids to understand work ethic, to teach our kids to understand that there is a lot of shit in this world. As much as there's positive, there's a lot of shit in this world. And if yep. we teach them from day one all these things properly, I think they're a lot more prepared for the real world, which I, 
is, is, is that something I think a lot of parents aren't doing right now? Yeah. Uh, I, just went, on, I just went on a little rant now. Sorry. I <laughs> know <laughs> that's awesome. No, no, Jeff, no issues with that. Um, yeah, there's definitely, you know, um, being too soft, giving them too much, uh, the society that's grown up and yeah. And it's as parents, it's something we've got to, we've got to stand up and do correctly in some situations. Again, unfortunately, uh, the parents don't have the luxury um, to be able to do all the right things at the right time just because of our society is. But if you have that opportunity to be able to parent your kids, parent them. Don't put them in front of a device. Don't put them in front of a TV and let that parent them because yeah. they're going to grow up with a, an ex, a totally askew view of the world that's not realistic and have no understanding. Yeah. Um, as much as... You know, my youth and growing up in South Africa and, and having stories that are crazy and not wanting to share, people don't want to see it. There's some days, there's some days in a weird way you go, you, I'm almost happy that I grew up in that society to understand the worst and yeah. see the worst in that world. So I can relate to that. And I try to, um, uh, my kids are obviously um, born in New Zealand. They've gone over to South Africa a handful of times. But there'll be moments where we'll be like, hey, do you understand how the world works, really? Do you understand this sort of situation and there is this problems and that sort of stuff? And it's just those sort of things we've got to keep close for those kids to have that, that real understanding. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, but, Jeff, as we sort of, you know, um, coming up to, uh, to the end of today's show, I, I want to see if there's any sort of last piece that you want to leave the audience with around you know we got into you know your situation and importance but parenting and the importance of their time and the kids and so forth with the busy lives we leave is there anything you want to leave them with sort of just to to think about and consider over the next couple of weeks and couple of months yeah there's there's a few things i mean as as a parent um being in a relationship there's different levels of everything and I think the biggest thing, and we talked about this before, Lawrence, mm -hmm. is putting yourself at the peak of everything, on top of everything. Yep. So mentally, spiritually, physically, and I'm talking spiritually, it doesn't have to be the, that aha, you, whatever. It could be spiritually, be just spending time to read a book or spending time to work out. So understanding it, putting your health, mentally, spiritually, physically, putting everything at the top first, taking care mm -hmm. of yourself is the most valid thing. So I want everybody to understand this. You got to take care of yourself before you're able to take care of your others, take care of your business, take care of your children. So put yourself first, take that time to make sure you're at a great level. Next is your relationship. A lot of people, once they have kids, they start focusing on the children and they stop forgetting about the marriage or the partnership. And what happens is that partnership, that marriage becomes numb mm -hmm. because you just start waking up and got to go to work, come home, take the kids to sports, take the kids to dance. Come out, make dinner, go to bed next day. And it's just routine and you become numb and you forget about why you two fell in love. You forget about why you two joined in, in matrimony or whatever it was at the beginning. So spending time, taking time for yourself next is taking time for your, your other half. And, and me and my wife, every single night, we like, we go for a power walk. The kids go to bed and we go for a 30, 40 minute power walk around the, we just walk around the block and that's our time to ask questions, to communicate, to talk. Find a time, even if it's 15, 20 minutes a day, away from everything, and just talk. Ask your partner how their day was. Ask them what if there's any issues. Ask them what they're feeling. Understand what is going in their mind, because once you start asking questions, that's when things start coming up. And when you don't ask the questions, you never know. So take care of yourself. Take care of your spouse. And with your kids, man, it's a yes fact. It's it's If they want to spend quality time with you, 
man, spend the time because there's going to be a time when they are not going to want to spend time with you. So when they are there, be present, turn off the phone. Mm -hmm. I always tell parents is take that children and take them out of their environment, take them out of the house, go for a walk, go for a bike, mm -hmm. do something different every day. You might do a walk every day, go, go a different direction, yeah. go for a different bike hike, take a different trail, do something different just to add some new adventure to what you're doing. Don't keep the same routine every single day. And, and the last thing is just, man, build memories, build mm -hmm. memories, fill the memory bank because life is so short. And I think a lot of people, um, we live with that mindset of when we're on our deathbed, we have those regresses, things we didn't do. So yeah. we're here now, man, build those memories, make those phone calls, call those loved ones, do everything that, that if today was the last day, what would you be able to do today? What would you want to do? You should be doing that every single day of your life. And if you have those little, those three, four little things consistently, mm -hmm. man, you'll, you'll be in a good place. Yeah. That's amazing, Jeff. And that's uh, so true on those insights and, uh, towards you I, I can't say any better uh, that's definitely a way to uh, to see it and for family and the time and the memories and so forth and everything else thanks for for that jeff uh, for sharing that um just before we end off a weekend if anyone's interested to reach out to you to learn more about yourself obviously like i said we didn't get into your business side and all the rest of it there's so much more to it um you've got a new book that's just come out as well if anyone wants to learn more um as well where can they find uh, yourself on social media and reach out to you I'm on all the platforms. I'm primarily on Instagram. It's just at Jeff Lopes. It's J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. And uh, you can find me um, directly through my website. It's JeffreyLopes.com. It's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-L-O-P-E-S.com. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm DM me. I'm, I love interacting. I love networking. I try to network with about 10, 12 new people every single week. That's that's the, that's a goal for me. And just, just meeting and talking to people. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, thanks so much and as always um, the details will be um, at the bottom of the, the description depending if you're watching or listening to this at the moment and, and Jeff thanks so much for the opportunity you know coming on and as telling your story and sharing it out there and for other parents or even you know dads out there and moms out there just trying to figure out which way to go and what to learn and where to go you know to, to, uh, to go through it we all we all going through it as parents yeah. whether we whether we um, solo parents together there's all those struggles and everything else. Uh, yeah. And we, we all have our moments. Just don't feel alone about it. Reach out, reach out to someone and we can talk about it and we can help each other and so forth and just see what insights can help. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, as always, you know, please stay safe out there. Please think of everyone else and see who else needs just a, a phone call guidance um, and something else. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure you share it out to someone else that might uh, take from it. Make sure you uh, hit that like and subscribe as always. Um, but at the end of the day, um, as always, please stay beautiful, stay powerful. Until next time, see ya.